0: the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Best, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. Welcome to another new episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Today, I am so excited to sit down with my friend and someone that I look to for social media expertise. Nina Stoller Lindsay. She's a social media strategist and a coach for mission driven businesses. And we talk about everything from stress free social strategy to how to address or prevent burnout in your social media use um, and how to have some great social media boundaries. I just know you're going to enjoy my conversation with Nina as much as we did. Welcome to another episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. I'm so, so, so excited to sit down today with Nina stoller Lindsay. Uh, she's someone who I look to for inspiration on social media and how to strategize and navigate burnout and prevent and avoid stress to the extent possible. And I'm just so excited for our conversation today. I feel like, Nina, you've got so many like awesome tips that I'm sure our listeners will appreciate. Thanks for having me, Liz. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I love it. Well, and I'm just thinking back, like, I love, you and I met during a content sprint, gosh, what, like, maybe a year ago now? Yeah, I think a year, almost a year ago. I love it. And I just, it makes me so happy that, like, here we are today. (laughs) Yes. I'm,
1: I'm glad to be joining you and glad
0: to be one of your women changing the world. Well, yeah, the feeling is so mutual. I remember when you first told me what you did, you're like, I do social media for good or for social impact. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. We should chat. Um, (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Well, so I would love um, for people who are listening who don't already know you and your amazingness, um, would you mind giving just like a quick introduction?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So I am a social media strategist and coach. And I focus on working with mission-driven brands, as well as one-on-one with socially conscious solopreneurs. And I am all about helping you build stress-free social media strategies that can help you drive sales as well as social good, because like you, I am a big believer in the importance of uh, supporting social good, but we also need to make money for ourselves and to be able to give back to good causes. And I believe that with the right social media strategy, you can absolutely do both and save yourself a lot of stress in the process.
0: Oh my gosh, I love that. I am here for less stress on social. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I have Aren't to ask, all? right? <laughs> um, so my favorite question to kind of kick off the women changing the world podcast episodes is to ask if you could change one thing about the world. I know this is such a big question. It's the North Star <laughs> question. But if you could only change one thing, what would you want to change about the world?
1: I always come back to climate change and the future of the planet with that question and like you said I mean there's so many things to change there's so many causes I care about I think you know since I was in high school the the climate change issue um is certainly one that gives me the most existential anxiety, because it's sort of like, well, what happens if the planet ends? Not to, you know, I guess we're getting real dark here at the beginning, but um, (laughs) I think, you know, that issue is scary and pervasive, and, you know, there are so many other important issues, but it feels like if we don't have a planet to live on, you know, we're not even going to have a chance to fix the other issues, and I think that, you know, they're all... Connected, you know, even if we think about, um, you know, anti racism and women's rights and supporting indigenous communities, um, you know, climate, the effects of of negative effects of climate change, you know, disproportionately affect um, people who, you know, are already marginalized in various ways so you know it, it's all very in, interconnected with a lot of the other i'm not an expert on this but um it is very interconnected with you know other social justice issues um intersectional environmentalist by leah thomas is a great resource on on sort of that interconnection if anyone is is interested
0: Totally. No. Thank you so much for sharing that and having worked in this space for a while. Yes, they are all so interconnected. And I also feel like the existential climate anxiety support group is something that so many <laughs> of us could use these days. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that.
1: I think we're at the point where we're going to have to have therapists who like specialize
0: in climate change anxiety. I'm, I'm not I'm not kidding. <laughs> that's a brilliant idea. I mean i I do not disagree with you, and also like, whew, that's a lot to hold.
1: <laughs> yeah. To yes, hold. it is. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> Changing gears a little bit, but I know it's all related. Um, you know, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about like what exactly your kind of like what your day to day looks like, like, what are all the things that are currently on your plate? And what's the best part of doing what you do?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, All the things I mean, like any other solopreneur, right, I am, I am doing it, doing it all. So I, <laughs> you know, I have the work that I do with clients. And then there is the marketing of the work, which for me is actually kind of fun, because that's, that's my background, and I was actually a journalist before I was a social media and content marketer, so I I like the marketing piece because it is really a chance to share my own voice and my perspectives and and, and create content in my own voice in a way that I couldn't do when I was, you know, leading social media in-house for brands, and, you know, then there's a lot of, of admin, and then there's, you know, connecting with other entrepreneurs like you and guest coaching for their communities. And yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes back to -to day-to-day support of my clients, whether, you know, I am building a custom social media strategy for a sustainability-focused nonprofit that needs to, you know, invite in a younger generation of donors or working one-on-one with, a solopreneur to, you know, help them find their voice online and and share their mission through social media, and I think, you know, that really is one of one of my favorite parts when I get to work with other small business owners who have so much to say and truly are experts, but are often afraid to call themselves experts and are often afraid to share their personal story and what lights them up and um, why they care about the causes and the mission that they care about, Um, you know, really empowering them to do that and have a voice and see how it has ripple effects in terms of how their community shows up and engage, engages with them and the, you know, opportunities that it invites in for them is, you know, I think the most rewarding part for me.
0: Totally, totally. I feel like that part must be so fun. I I know through my own work, it's like, it's so fun to watch, you know, given what I do, like women especially, but, you know, people really like own their thought leadership and own their corners of the internet. And like, I mean, I know firsthand how scary it is to put yourself out there in that way. But then like, (laughs) and it like doesn't, I mean, I guess it does I guess the scary part changes but then I'm also like partially it also like doesn't stop being sc- like what the part that's scary changes but I feel like there's always a scary part
1: <laughs> it gets less scary but then there's sort of a new level of of putting yourself out there in a new level level you know a bigger audience that you want to reach or a bigger claim or a bigger idea that you want to share and then that's scary <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally totally the scary part changes but it sticks around um well, that's so awesome, and I also feel like there's a number of people who've been on the podcast who are former journalists. I was a journalist too, um, and I, I feel like we it's like oh, in a different world we could all we would all be journalists today, but <laughs> instead here we are. Um, I would love to hear like your full story of how you came to be where you are today. Um, you know, as a solopreneur helping small businesses own their social media voice and presence. Um, like, how does someone get here? I was just gonna say, really, the invitation too is like, take up space and tell your story. Like we want the long version.
1: Yeah, I will give you the long version. Um well, I mean, it was definitely a bit of a circuitous path, but it kind of all makes sense to me in retrospect. and I think I think about that a lot with with my clients when you know, we're building out how are you gonna tell your personal story on social media, um, you know, in a way that will help your, you know, audience relate to you and build trust. And, you know, they often feel like, oh, you know, the fact that I started a save the whales club in uh, elementary school isn't really relevant, is it? And I said, well, you know, I don't know, you're a marketer for nonprofits now. So I think it's still (laughs) relevant that you've been doing this kind of work since you were a child. But anyway, (laughs) um, I digress. So yeah, I mean, my earliest part of my career, I was an aspiring modern dancer and choreographer. I grew up in New York. I went to performing arts high school. I, you know, I was very serious about uh, dance my whole life, and I, you know, pretty quickly burnt out on, you know, the challenges of of star- starving artist life, but still wanted to be really invested in the arts. So I transitioned to freelance arts and culture journalism, which was marginally less torturous. <laughs> Um, And, you know, I had what I think to a lot of people who, you know, didn't know my, you know, know me that well, this very glamorous career, I was writing for publications like Time Out New York and New York Magazine, I even got a byline at The Atlantic, I was covering, you know, op- red carpets and openings of Broadway shows and interviewing all sorts of celebrities, um, one of my favorite interviews I did with was with um, the actress Laverne Cox about the first uh, clothing purchase she ever made herself and it actually had to do a lot with, you know, her transition into to cross-dressing and that was really interesting and um, I interviewed Ivanka Trump twice, actually. This really? Before, but way before her father decided to run for president. This was when she was still ostensibly a Democrat. So different time. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it was really exciting in all these way those ways, but I was totally drained because I was, you know, covering events where it would take like twelve hours of work, and I get paid seventy five dollars. <laughs> So, you know, between just needing more financial stability, really wanting to be part of a team and then also being interested more in like the strategy behind the written word, like we create this beautiful content, but like how do we actually ensure that it reaches people and reaches more people and how do we create content that gets people to take action between all of those interests, I decided to transition into social media and content marketing. I actually turned down what was really a dream editorial job at Condé Nast to work. Oh, wow. Work. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm glad I did to work at a mission driven startup. Um, so yeah, then from I was at four different startups that were all pretty mission-driven in some way, either focused on financial literacy or helping families get outside to reap the benefits of nature. Um, and, you know, it was also exciting and also a lot of burnout because, you know, in each of those roles, I was the pretty much the first dedicated social media hire I grew all those social media strategies completely from the ground up while in true startup fashion, you know, also managing email marketing and a blog mm-hmm. and media <laughs> and PR. Basically, they were like, you know, you're a writer. This has words in it. Can you can you do this?
0: You're just in charge of all the things that involve words. No big deal. Totally just one person's job.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, we like our, our marketing team at one of the companies was like very uh, male, which is was just pretty unusual. And we affectionately called called the marketing team bro, row," And they used to say, <laughs> Nina does everything. <laughs> Nina does everything. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I learned so much really quickly that enabled me to do what I do now. But you know, I also got pretty burnt out. And at the end of that, you know, I felt like I had developed a pretty toxic relationship with social media, where I just didn't, you know, I was like scrolling all the time because I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning, and I was just putting so much pressure on my po myself for my content to perform a certain way, and. You know, I'd been having all these negative thoughts about social media for for a long time on a personal level, in addition to, like, everything we read in the news, and I remember saying to my best friend, who actually works in social impact, like, I should just change careers, I just wish social media would, like, go away completely, And she said to me, Nina, I get that, but it's not going anywhere, and you're someone who actually has the tools and perspective to use it for good. So that's kind of what I decided I was going to do. Um, I really wanted to, you know, because I'd worked for these mission-driven organizations and especially, you know... In the last couple of years where we've seen so much more, especially post-Black Lives Matter, so much more activism happening on social media, I really did become convinced that social media is a crucial tool for, you know, raising awareness and inspiring action around important causes. Um, I also know if you are a small business owner, you know, you, you don't have to be on social media, but it is a really important way to grow your business. Um, you know, so I, I wanted to help people use it for business growth and for good, but without the mental health downsides, (laughs) sometimes (laughs) for many of us, you know, are, seem unavoidable when we're on these platforms, but you know, there, there are things that we can do to control that. Um, and as I say, make impact on social media without the stress.
0: Have you been meaning to expand the circle of amazing women in your network, but it's been hard to find the time to connect consistently? Are you a member of a small team creating a big impact and you wish you had additional brains to tap to think strategically about what's next? Are you craving personal growth, community, and magic in your personal and professional life, but feeling like you don't know where to find it? Imagine if you had dedicated time and space to build relationships with other badass women and impact. Imagine if you had access to a brain trust of rock stars who are ready to help you solve any challenge, personal or professional. Imagine if you had an extended team of like-minded women cheering you on, hyping you up, opening doors, and helping you make your wildest dreams come true. Imagine if you took the time to really invest in yourself and be intentional about the impact you are here to make. The Girls Club Mastermind is a five-month mastermind for women who are changing the world. It is an intimate community of powerful women who are dedicated to lifting each other up. They are your hype women, your cheerleaders, and your extended team. The next round of the Girls Club Mastermind kicks off in April, and you don't want to miss it. Head to elizabethbest.com slash girlsclub. That's elisabethbes dot com slash girlsclub to learn more and apply today. That is
1: my long and winding story of how I got to where I am today.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I feel like I can only imagine the like self-trust uh, and like the leap of faith it took to turn down the dream job and pivot into content. And I also think that that's so cool and so interesting that you went from wishing social media would go away to figuring out how to help people navigate <laughs> social media without that feeling of wishing it would go away.
1: Yeah, I mean I really, you know, um Diana Davis, who is my first business coach, um she I guess coached for for her course recently and she said to to her clients, you know, she basically described it as Nina was her own guinea pig. And I I hadn't, I loved how she put that. I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but basically all of, you know, the tips that I give people to manage their mindset around social media and set social media boundaries and reclaim their time and energy all come from my having to do it from myself, from my having to say, like, if I'm going to, have a career in this field, and I'm not just going to go back to square one and like say, what do I want to be when I grow up, I'm going to have to change the way that I think about these platforms. So, you know, everything that, that, that I'm telling my clients, I have tested out myself
0: Totally, totally. Well, I think for so many coaches, that is the case that like your, yeah. your dream clients are like a past version of yourself <laughs> and you're like, believe me, I've been in it <laughs> and, um, and here's all the things that I tried and the things that worked the best and the fastest to help me get out of it. Definitely. Um, Oh, that's so cool. I love that. you were your own guinea pig. Um, Well, I'd love to hear, and I know this is kind of a big question. You've alluded to some of this, but what would you say your philosophy about social media is? I know this is kind of a heady question, but I'm so <laughs> curious. Yeah. So
1: I will be the first to say that that social media is... is problematic right This it's actually like okay so it's Wednesday March 2nd as we're talking uh and in the State of the Union <laughs> address last night Biden actually talked about President Biden talked about you know the need to hold social media co- uh, companies you know more accountable so um I you know I think my philosophy is a- around a lot saying like yes there are problems with these platforms but acknowledging like are not going to go away. As a business owner, you are going to use them. I mean, if you, if you choose not to, that's totally fine. That just means you need to work way harder in a lot of other areas to market your business. So, you know, saying, yes, this is not a perfect situation, but, you know, how do we make the best of that? Um, you know, and within that, coming back to, how social media can be a positive force. And for me, it's a few things. I do think that social media can be, um, I call it the four Cs, creativity, community, cash, and causes you care about. Are Ooh, all things you love that. You that. Can get. <laughs> all things you can get from social media, right? It truly can be a creative outlet, right? 20, 30 years ago, if you had a big idea you wanted to share with the world, You had to start a blog or pitch an op-ed. Social media is a lot more accessible in that way. I think lower barrier to entry. Um, You know, connection and community, it really truly is a place where you can meet clients, customers, collaborators, colleagues, friends. I have met all of those types of people through social media, people that I never would have met otherwise. Cash. like. Yes, we are here to sell stuff and make a living and support ourselves and our families if we have families, you know, and be able to give back in ways that we want. And, and social media is a super important marketing tool. And, yeah, the cause piece, I mean, I think I've you know already alluded to how you really can use social media to raise awareness about, you know, issues in the world that matter to you and, and be a positive voice for change.
0: I love that. The four C's. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> I think that's a really beautiful way of like bucketing, you know, the ways that social media can serve us and also acknowledging the inherent like problematic nature of some of these platforms. <laughs> um, Well, and I'd love to hear like, who would you say your dream clients are from a, from a content strategy and coaching perspective? Absolutely. Who do you, who do you work with? Um, I work
1: with, I mean, kind of a range, and I think the the thing that they all have in common is, you know, it comes back to, like I said, like, you know, they need a tool to make money, but they also want a tool for, you know, creative expression and for supporting causes they care about. So, you know, for me, that is, I work with nonprofits, I work with B Corps and mission driven brands, um, you know, they can be for profit brands, but with some kind of social impact or Focus or charitable component, um, and I work with a whole array of mission-driven solopreneurs. You know, a lot of my clients, either on the you know brand side or the solopreneur side, are in some way involved in mental health and wellness, diversity, equity, and inclusion, sustainability education supporting kids and families um but you know I think you and I have talked about this before you know the term mission driven we say that a lot and it's hard to know what it means but I think you know you know when you when you talk to a truly mission driven business owner and you kind of feel it in your bones when that person is really excited about making change in the world in the world and has a business for you know as part of being a voice for a movement and not, not just to make money. So, you know, I, you know, I work with people who, you know, are designers and strategists who their business necessarily isn't, you know, inherently focused on like driving donations for a cause, but they themselves, you know, want to build a social media presence that's more inclusive, or they want to have a voice about things going on in the world. And, you know, that's a big part of, of their business and the support that they provide.
0: Totally, totally. I love that. Um, that makes so much sense. I'm also curious, like, when when you think about actually using social media for good, like, how, like, kind of getting down to, like, the, the brass tacks of what that looks like. I hate that expression, brass tacks. I don't know where it came from. Um, <laughs> like, who needs brass when you have gold? Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, what does it look like to use social media for social good? Um, for anyone who's, like, like, give me, like, the the how-to.
1: Yeah, I think there are a few different pieces of that. Um, sort of, for, for me, three three cornerstones, of, you know, how I, how I approach that with my clients. So one is thinking about how can you make your social media presence more inclusive? And I will say I am, you know, I am not um, an expert on diversity and equity inclusion. It's certainly something I have invested in learning more about to make my own brand more inclusive and to help my clients do the same. If anyone is interested in that work, I would highly recommend um, Crystal Whitaker, who I, I actually went through her empowered branding program to learn more about inclusive branding. But, you know, it basically comes back to thinking about, you know, how can you make sure that all people, regardless of their identity, regardless of race gender you know if they have a disability feel welcomed in by your content feel that your content is accessible and ultimately feel like you know they they can trust you and be part of your community and and work with you so you know part of it is is thinking about how can you create an inclusive presence and uplift voices of all different backgrounds in the content that you create um, I think part of it is, you know, is there an issue that um, you're really passionate about that you can devote, you know, a fraction of your content to, right? Obviously, you are <laughs> here to run a business and promote your offers, but, um, you know, there's so much research on how supporting social good is actually helpful for sales right aside from the fact that like i think if you have a platform you have the opportunity to to support issues like environmentalism like anti-racism we're seeing so much research that this uh generation of consumers doesn't want to buy from brands unless they take a stand on social issues and they don't even believe that a brand or business has taken a stand. Unless they've done it on social media specifically, right? So if you have an anti-racist pledge on your website, but you're not, you know, talking about those issues at all on your Instagram page, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how can you go back to your mission and what is really important and compelling to you and to your audience and how can you use some of your content to speak to things you and your audience cares about, like mental health, you know, like environmentalism, like anti-racism, those kinds of things. Um, You know, and I would say another part of it is being thoughtful and sensitive to what is going on in the world. And we have had in the past two years, you know, endless examples of really difficult news breaking that you know take over social media and business owners i find often feel really confused about like do i talk about this do i not if i talk about it am i going to say the wrong thing am i adding to the noise but i should say something because this is important or is it okay for me to still sell my services and yeah again i mean wednesday march 2nd we're talking about this you know less than a, a week um, after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So I think, you know, and I want to say there is, it's a very complicated question of, you know, how as a business owner, as a small business owner, you show up on social media when terrible things are going on in the world. And I don't think there is a one size fit all solution and it's going to depend on you, your business, you know, your emotional state and what your community needs but i think taking a step back and being thoughtful about you know how you can support your social community in those moments you know maybe it is sharing news resources maybe it is uplifting marginalized voices um Maybe it's just taking a step back and acknowledging, okay, this thing happened. It's terrible. I want to check in with you and see how you're feeling. What kind of content do you need from me? Um, You know, there are a number of ways to manage it that, you know, doesn't mean that you suddenly have to be, you know, if you're not a a policy expert that you have to dissect everything. But I think just sort of taking a pause, taking a breath and, and thinking about, you know, what makes sense for you in your, you and your business and your community in those moments is a way to, you know, kind of lend support at, at difficult times.
0: Totally, totally. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And part of me is like, oh my gosh, as someone who has been a small business owner for the past two years, like when has there been a moment in the past two years that there hasn't been something, something (laughs) terrible happening in the world? Um, it's, oh, i like, part of me is like, wow, what was it like? I mean, has it always been like this or what was it like in a different time <laughs> to, to think about how we show up? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but, um, I think
1: I, there have been always, terrible things going on in the world at all times just like on the flip side there are always you know like Mr. Rogers says look for the helpers (laughs) there are always people helping and there is always beautiful art and there I think are always you know sources of hope I think we're just more like it's in our faces more all the time because of of television and digital news outlets and social media so you know this is also a time, you know, in these moments is a time when having boundaries with social media is, is really important. So you can protect your energy to, you know, show up on social media in a way that's positive and also, you know, ser- uh, take care of yourself and serve your clients.
0: Totally, totally. I think that's such a great point. Um, And I'm such an advocate for like news boundaries, like for a while, a few years ago, like I was just like, yep, I will read one piece of news every morning. It was like off in the skim or the New York Times, and it was like, and then if anything else happens the rest of the day, I will find out about it tomorrow. But I can only take one dose. Um, yeah. I'm cu- I'm curious, like, what would be your top recommendations for people who are looking to implement social media boundaries right now?
1: Um, so there are a lot of different tactics that I work on with my clients, you know, and it kind of it it depends, you know, what what your triggers and your struggles are. But you know, one thing that seems to work pretty well for most people is uh, is setting up what I like to call social media free zones, um, and that is basically picking a time in your week or in the day, and a physical space where you you spend significant time and deciding that you are not going to go on social media in that time or that space. So some examples could be, you know, you could say, I don't want to be on social media for the first hour after I wake up, or I don't want to be on social media, you know, for an hour, for the hour before I go to bed, or I don't want to be on social media, At my dinner table, that would be a physical space, or, you know, I don't want to be on social media in the TV room, because if I'm there, I'm there to watch TV and not simultaneously scroll, right? And I think, you know, there are all sorts of things we can do, we can set limits in the app, we can set timers on our phone, and that's great. But I think, you know, we, this is like a little bit more holistic instead of like micromanaging the amount of time you spend on, on social media. It's more like carving out spaces in your life where you know that you will feel better and be more focused and more present if social media is not part of that experience. And then it's kind of like habit stacking, right? You're already Mm -hmm. having mornings. You're already having evenings. You're already sitting at the dining room table. Um, you know, so then you're just saying, okay, that the habit that I'm laying on top of that is, so, is being social media free. Um, and I find that, you know, helps a lot of people, a lot of my clients really, you know, reclaim time, but more just importantly, energy and focus and, you know, have, be alone with their own thoughts or be more present with their friends, their partners, their families um, when they need to be.
0: Totally, totally. I love that. Um, And I guess also for people who have like already kind of gone over the edge, (laughs) the metaphorical (laughs) edge, um, and are just feeling super, super burnt out on social media, what advice would you have for like how to kind of like pull yourself back to a healthier relationship with social?
1: Definitely. That's a really good question. And believe me, I have been there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, you know, if you're up for it, a hard reset can be helpful, which means, you know, just, um,
0: have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again?
1: Like (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like deciding, you know, I'm taking a week off social media and deleting the apps from your phone um you know totally. and if you're a business owner like i think people worry about doing this because like oh my community expects me to show up you can tell them you can 100% say like i am taking a vacation or i am taking a break from social media I- i'll be back on this date like i'll get back to your questions then you can even set through uh i think through facebook creator studio you can set like automatic out of office off- replies to dms so you oh, know cool. giving yourself some time to like just clear it out of your system and see like what do I feel like when I'm not on social media and you know the goal of that is not to say oh I feel amazing I don't want to be on these apps anymore it's sort of just like to clear your head a little bit and I think I think you'll be surprised that when you come back from a break even if it's just a break over the weekends you'll have A lot more creativity, you'll have a lot more energy to engage on the app and you'll be more excited about it and it will feel better. So I think doing that hard reset and then kind of asking yourself some questions, like asking yourself, what do I, what frustrates me about social media the most? Like what is making this a bad experience for me? And you know, maybe it's the mindless scrolling, maybe it's the toxic comparison to other business owners, like identifying that and trying to be mindful of of that. And then on the flip side, saying, well, what do I actually like about social media? Mm -hmm. Right? Most of us can find something that we like about it, whether it's, you know, the creative outlet or the opportunity to connect or even just like the funny memes that give us a laugh when we're down. You know, it's not the same for everyone, but most people who are on social media, I
0: find will find something that they like. So... Totally. Yeah. It is, I think, just a matter of, like, curating your feed to be the things that you like and that inspire you and bring you joy and not the things that send you into, like, a spiral.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's a whole lot, you know, we could talk about in terms of how to control um what you're seeing, and we could do a whole podcast on that, but, you know, just reminding yourself, like, you do have control. You choose, you know, who you follow and you are it is totally within your right to mute or unfollow any accounts that are bothering you for any reason like you do not you know you don't do not owe that an account a follow like even if it's your best friend (laughs) (laughs)
0: you can connect with them in real life (laughs) totally totally I appreciate that and yeah yeah I feel like the hard reset it, it is like so effective I think for burnout in a like for so many different kinds of burnout. um, Like sometimes you really do, like I was joking, but like sometimes you really do need to turn it off and then turn it back on yeah. again. And I think the other thing is like, we think that people are paying attention and sometimes they are, but sometimes they honestly don't even notice. Like, honestly, I feel like I had a moment toward the end of last year for various reasons. I was just like, you know what? I just, this just needs to stop for like 10 days. Yeah. And I truly do not think anyone noticed and it's fine that's a good thing like people are living people their people don't lives. notice as much
1: as they think or they might just say oh that's interesting liz hasn't been on social media for a while like i'll i'll look forward to her next post when she's back you know <laughs> yeah totally i also think you know even but even so just like telling your audience and giving them a heads up you know you can't go wrong with that and it it's kind of like it's a way to um kind of remind them of of your values. Like, you know, most of us mission-driven business owners decided to start our own businesses because we valued having control over our time and energy and we valued rest and joy and play and we want our clients to have those same things. So, you know, the people who are really a good fit to work with you are, you know, if, if you say I'm taking some time off social media to like recharge and tap into my creativity and spend time with my family... Like, if anything, that's just going to make them want to work with you more.
0: Totally. Totally. Um, And I have one other, like, social media related question that I want to ask you a few kind of, like, get to know you, like, quick hit sure. questions. And I'm going <laughs> off script a little bit with this one. But I have found, I will say for myself, and I know for a number of the women that I've worked with who, like, have wanted to show more as thought leaders that, like, the consistency piece. Can be really challenging. (laughs) It's like we have like the best ideas and the best plans, and then either finding time to actually execute it or like show we can have everything written out, but then actually posting it or showing up for ourselves can be really challenging. And I'm curious, like, what tips and tricks you have um, for maintaining that consistency and how we show up?
1: Yeah. So you know, the first thing is, you know, really getting honest with yourself and setting realistic goals, right? And I'm sure, you know, many of my clients, as I'm sure, you know, many of your clients are overachievers, have a lot of, you know, that A plus plus student energy, um, you know, and we want to be doing Instagram and LinkedIn and all the platforms to the max. So, you know, thinking about what you can realistically handle, right? There is no perfect number of posts, you know, we can look at some data that shows, you know, if you post as many times, you're going to get more engagement, or if you post as many times, you're maybe going to grow your followers faster. But the perfect number of posts per week is the one that you can realistically maintain without burning yourself out and without dropping the ball on, you know, other parts of your business and other responsibilities you have, you know, to yourself, to your family as as a human being, right? So setting those realistic goals, and sometimes those numbers are not as high as we would like them to be. But like, it's okay to start with posting less and get comfortable and work your way up from there. So, you know, I think that's one piece. And then, you know, also just understanding that, life happens and you're not always going to be able to stick with your posting goals but you know asking yourself okay i don't have time to post to my feed three times this week like i wanted to but like what can i'm talking about instagram specifically cuz that's probably you know where most of your clients are but um you know what what can i do like can i you know just show up in stories because that feels like less pressure to me like maybe I don't have the energy to talk to camera and stories so can I just like take a picture and add some text over it you know sharing some tips or checking in with my audience like there's so many ways to show up on these different platforms and it doesn't have to be like all of the things all of the time so you know instead of having a week where you know You're doing a million posts and reels and stories, and then you're burning yourself out and you're totally quiet, you know, saying, okay, well, what, I can't do the perfect image of what I thought I wanted, but how can I still show up and still connect with my audience given the time and energy that I have right now?
0: Totally, totally. I appreciate that. Like, how can I do this in a personally sustainable way? And I I think one thing I've been having a conversation with a lot of my entrepreneur friends in particular about is like how can we just like dial the ambition back cuz like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's there uh and <laughs> it's not always uh in our best interest to be like full on
1: yes i would totally agree with that you know i think it's it, you know in some of it like we have you have to ask um you know where those ambitions are is that an ambition that you really have or do you have that ambition because like you're comparing yourself to someone else. I had this with a client last year who like insisted on posting 7 days a week even though I told her like max 5 and I honestly would have been happy with her doing 3. And she kept insisting on that and she was, you know, she was too busy um and she couldn't do it and then when it didn't happen, she would be really hard on herself and I asked her where this was coming from, you know, this expectation. And it turned out, you know, a a brand that she really admired was posting seven days a week. So we saw they had over 400,000 followers. We looked at their LinkedIn profile and saw that they had a team of 35. Meanwhile, she (laughs) was a solopreneur who had a different full-time job and was also getting a master's degree (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) you know it's just apples and aren't and, and you know and once once we looked at okay well this company is able to do this because they probably have three different people working on their social media whereas like you only have like a fraction of yourself to work on social media you know then she was like okay I'm just gonna post like three times a week and I'm going to feel really good about that. And she actually started posting way more consistently because she was just realistic and like took the pressure off herself.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) I love that you did that digging. Cause yeah, I can totally see how it's like, Oh, well I want to be like them. So like, of course this is the standard, but it's like, okay, well what's driving that belief? And like,
1: well, You're I'm sure, you know, as a coach, like, you know, that question comes, I, my coaches ask me that, like, okay, you have this opinion, or you have this thought or this worry, like, where is this coming from? Whose voice is that really?
0: <laughs> totally. But I think so is many... Is it yours? Right. But so often we're like running these scripts in our heads, or we like have, we get these ideas in our heads, we didn't like choose the idea, we didn't choose the thought but it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes all it takes is someone asking a question about where it came from for you to be like, huh, I did not pick that. It could actually go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, well, I'm so glad. I'm sure your clients are also so glad that they have you <laughs> to help kind of reset and reframe. And I'm curious, I know we talked a little bit about like, your your past self um and obviously your journey to get here and one of my favorite things I love asking um women in general is like if you could give some advice to your past self and you can pick an age or a moment as you see fit or it can be totally like general what advice do you wish you had figured out a little or like what do you wish you had figured out a little bit sooner
1: I Wish that I could tell many stages of my former self, <laughs> and I'm sure my future self will tell my now self this, like sort of like just relax it's gonna happen. um, mm. you know, I think for you know, like I was that that a plus overachiever, and I think you know, there were like so many things in my personal life and my career that I were so worried would never happen, and you know, I think about you know, for various reasons, like how really unhappy and lost I felt in my career for a very long time. And I remember like separately, you know, having very deep conversations with a couple really good friends and like, you know, in very disparate conversations, it's not like I sat down and like wrote a like, you know, cosmic shopping list of what I wanted in a job. But I remember saying things like, I just wish that I had one of those jobs where I could network all the time. I wish I could do public speaking. I wish that I got to write in my own voice. You know, I wish that I got to support many different important missions instead of having to choose one. And none of those things actually had anything to do with why I decided to start my own business. But, you know, I remember being six to nine months into my business. I'm, just uh over just a couple of weeks over the one year mark now but
0: congrats you know, thank you you're welcome That's um but huge. looking back
1: and sort of realizing like that my business allowed me to do every single one of those things that I said that I had wanted where I thought there was no job that would possibly allow me to do all of those things and maybe not even any of those things so I think you know maybe this is a very long-winded way of of coming back to self-trust but i think you know there are like a lot of i talked to the beginning about how i feel like my career path was like very circuitous but i think you know a lot of the times like you know if you are a smart capable determined person you will get yourself there and i think we just we we put so much pressure on ourselves to like have it worked out in the moment and i think sort of just trusting that you know things can happen <laughs> a
0: totally. little bit more,
1: and um, Cleo Wade actually has a really and in, in her book of of poems and like short essays has a really good quote about. Um, I'm not going to be able to remember it word for word, but it's something about how like if you believe that you're going to make it happen. You will, it's not, that's not, that belief is not only like going to make it more likely that it will happen. It's also going to help you enjoy the process of getting there. So I think it's like,
0: Mm. how can
1: we enjoy the process of getting to our goals and not, you know, wait until we've achieved them to, to be happy.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I feel like there were so many like Nuggets in there, like one, relax, it'll happen. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> such brilliant advice, and I just could not agree more. That's like if we are suffering in pursuit of a goal, like maybe it's not the right goal, <laughs> right? How can right? <laughs> how can we make like the every step along the process of achieving the goal like as right. enjoyable as it can possibly be? Because that way, whether you get there or not you've had a good time along the way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, I think it's the same thing with entrepreneurship.
1: Everyone's like, you know, when am I going to get to my 10K months? And like, if if I don't hit $100,000 in my six figures in my first year, like, ah, and it's sort of like, it's, you know, it's a process.
0: (laughs) Well, totally. And I mean, it doesn't help, right? That like, I feel like there's so many like vanity metrics that people do talk about in their business success. And like, and they're cool, right? Like, when you have those, th- having those moments is really cool. Um, It's also, like, I'm not, like, there is some very creative math that I think happens in how people mm-hmm. calculate and share those moments, right? Like, <laughs> there is no, like, standard for, like, when you've actually hit a 10K month or when you've actually had a, like, is it six K in revenue or not six K, six figures in revenue? Is it six figures of paying yourself? Like it's all very murky. (laughs) Did
1: you sign a 10 K contract, but you only got a $2,500 deposit? Like,
0: (laughs) Yeah. And are you going to count it? Like, I mean, I'm here for counting it, whatever it is, like celebrate it, count it. But like, but yeah, I think it can be so easy to feel like you're behind when you're looking at people like sharing those shiny moments. And the like I think imagine just like on social like the sustained consistent growth is not sexy but it is like so much more sustainable I think social (laughs)
1: media is a long game I know no one likes to hear that but (laughs) you know I think I think we want um we want the immediate payoff from every post you know and we think it's we think it's like I post this thing and someone clinks in the bio and they they buy from me and now I've hit my revenue goal and it, that's not really how it works. It's much more like they see this thing, they see another thing, you chat in the DMs, they come to your masterclass, they see another post, you keep showing up with stuff that they, with that stuff they find helpful, you stay top of mind for them. And like, eventually they sign up to work with you. I wish it was the faster way, but it's just, that's, that's not how marketing is, unfortunately.
0: Totally, totally. And I think it like goes back to the idea. Um, and Melanie Auber, one of my marketing coaches, and um, I think I actually talked about this on a recent podcast episode. It's like. You just have to, you're always planting seeds and you just have to trust that they are going to sprout, but like we don't have control. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can water them and yeah. you can plant them, but like they're going to sprout when they sprout.
1: The business coach I'm working with now, um, Jess Joswick, she says, plant the seeds, but then don't wait and watch. <laughs> like you don't have to stand there waiting for them to grow beneath your eyes. Um, and she also says, marketing is not a vending machine which I love
0: <laughs> oh I love that <laughs> I love that um well I was actually gonna ask um you know one of the things I love talking about on the podcast I have I'm put I'm manifesting this putting it out into the universe that one day I'm gonna print like decks of inspirational post-its with all the my favorite like messages from guests on the show Um, And so if you got an inspirational post-it, you can totally, I mean, I feel like you've already dropped some pearls of wisdom in our conversation, but if you got an inspirational post-it for women changing the world, all over the world, like stick on their laptops to remind themselves of something, um, what phrase would you want to put on it?
1: Um, This is a a quote from Toni Morrison, um, and it's, if you want to fly, you got to give up the shit that weighs you down and i've loved that for a long time you know since before i was an entrepreneur cuz you know i am someone who's at times a little neurotic and can get like you know very caught up in my head worrying about things that like ultimately are not super important um so i think it's you know important from kind of a, a mental health perspective but you know also as an entrepreneur like we want to, we have, we have to do everything and we can't. So I think about that in terms of, you know, what's in your, what's in your business that that you don't like doing (laughs) that's weighing you down that, you know, you can get support with, like, it's okay to delegate. It's okay to hire a coach, um, you know, and then, you know, also like the perfectionism, the constantly just wanting to like optimize every piece, like how can you let go of some of that? Because, you know, I think we all want to do an A plus job on everything we do. And and when you're an entrepreneur, you just, you absolutely can't do that. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not sustainable. So, you know, letting go, letting, you know, the messy action, letting imperfect things out into the world and, you know, I think that's the shit that weighs us down as <laughs> entrepreneurs is the needing everything to be A plus all the time when it should be like B minus at best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, totally. I love that so much. I think that's such a brilliant quote and such a helpful reminder. Um and this has been so much fun. It's been so fun to talk to you about all things social, um, I guess social media and social impact and social good. Um, I just, yeah, I feel like I've got a lot of food for thought from our conversation. Um, and would love to know for people who want to find more info about like working with you or follow along with all your brilliant tips and tricks, like what's the best place for people (laughs) to connect with you?
1: Definitely. Well, thanks so much, um, for having me, Liz. I have enjoyed it so much. I always, love talking with you. So, a few places to find me. Um I am most active on Instagram at Nina Stoller Lindsay. N I N A S T O L L E R L I N D S E Y. I'm sure you'll link this in the show notes too. Totally. Um I am also on LinkedIn for those who like to consume content there. Um, and then I have an email newsletter where I share, you know, even in uh, more in-depth social media strategy advice and social media mindset and boundary tips. Um, you know, then I, then I can get into on social media, and you know, my email subscribers also get, you know, a little bit more about the behind the scenes of my business and are the first to know about new programs. I I have something new and exciting cooking for, for later this spring. Um, So yeah. So you can get on my email list now to, to be one of the first to know.
0: Amazing. I love it. Um, I cannot wait to see what you are cooking up right now. Um, And thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. It has been just so much fun to chat with you.
1: It has been so much fun. Thank you for
0: having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the women changing the world podcast. Please rate and review the women changing the world podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or Google podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Liz.best, That's L I S B E S T. Or you can find me on LinkedIn by searching my name, Liz best. Join my mail list by visiting elizabethbest.com slash monthly meditation, and you'll receive all the latest updates on events, retreats, and opportunities to work with me, plus a monthly love note from my heart to your inbox. I am so excited to keep in touch, and I'll see you in the next episode.